another episode of Unapologetically Joy. My name is Joy, I'm the host of this podcast and today we got another special guest and that is Paula Michelle and she's a yoga and meditation teacher, a healer and an intuition trainer. And I actually DM'd her on TikTok because I really loved her content and I thought I really need to talk to this girl. And uh, I will put all the links in the description so you can check it out yourself. We had such a lovely conversation about her spiritual journey. And she explained in order to heal yourself, you really have to have the courage too to look at your shadow side. And that's actually what she did. And she really took responsibility of her life. And now she's feeling so aligned with everything that she is doing now. And we also talked about relationship. I find it a really interesting topic because relationships uh, can be such a mirror in life. Uh, We talked about red flags and everything that she has learned in her past relationships. But before we go to the episode, don't forget to follow me on Spotify, subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on TikTok and Instagram. And don't forget to leave five stars on Spotify because it really helps me to boost my podcast. If you have done that, thank you so much. And let's go to the episode. Enjoy. Welcome, Paula. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great today. I'm super excited to be here and to share the space and, you know, to just have this experience and talk about all things spirituality. (laughs) Nice. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You help a lot of people finding their purpose and uh, connecting them to their higher self. And did you always have this strong connection to the spiritual world? You know, this is actually like a a huge question for me because um, ever since I was young, I would say I've always been really spiritually connected. I think we all are. I just think that as time goes on, as we grow up, we kind of forget that side of ourselves. And I think one of my biggest journeys in this lifetime has been how can I be of service to others? How can I share with them? through wisdom that I've experienced myself, how can I help them tap into their higher self to be in Mm -hmm. alignment with God, the universe source, so that they can trust their intuition, follow their dreams. So I'm gonna say yes, and at the same time, no. (laughs) I think when I was younger, I was more connected. And then there was a time where I got disconnected because of life, um, the journey I was in, And then eventually I found my way back by connecting, meditating, and really just doing that inner work like everyone talks about. And yeah, that's been a little bit of the journey itself. Mm. Nice. But I, that's, that's actually the thing what people forget is that Mm -hmm. if you're uh, working in a spiritual field, you also have to work on your shadow side before you actually heal. Yes. Maybe you can share a little bit of that. Uh, what did you do to um, yeah, come to this moment? Because uh, you're doing a lot of amazing stuff. Thank you. But, uh, before you have to do a lot of work also on yourself. So what did yes. you do to, uh, to come to this point? <laughs> That's a great question, too. I feel like if I'm being really honest and really transparent, this is where um authenticity really stands out because i'm a firm believer like you can't teach and you can't help people 
on things or with things that you have not personally experienced yourself. And I know that's kind of a controversial topic because people say, well, if I study it, I know it. And it's not that there's no credibility behind that, right? But when you experience something, it doesn't, it, you're no longer being sympathetic, you're being empathetic because you've gone through it. And I think a lot of the coaching, a lot of the healing, a lot of mm-hmm. the teachings, are done based on my experience and my traumas and my fears, my anxieties. I mean, I'm really open about this on social media in my life because one Mm -hmm. of my biggest goals is portraying real and making spirituality relatable, not perfect, not cookie Mm -hmm. cutter. I think the world already has enough of that. And Mm -hmm. the shadow has been a huge part, a huge conduit behind the work that I do because I think it's that side of us that we neglect that we deem as unworthy that we deem as not lovable not good enough um and and it's a part of us that if it goes unchecked unhealed it runs our lives in a super conscious Mm -hmm. level not even a subconscious level but an even deeper Mm -hmm. level than we know and then we're manifesting this in relationships in friendships, mm-hmm. in our career, in our own personal lives. And I see it all the time. And one of my, my biggest things is I observe myself first. And I always say this is like always a student, never a teacher. Because mm-hmm. even though I'm on the side of the fence where I'm helping people, I'm also learning from their experience and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the times um, we have to check our ego like our mm-hmm. spiritual ego <laughs> is what I tell mm-hmm. people because we think we're already there and we're not. There's still so much work that has to be done. And I think that having that humble mentality mm-hmm. and learning is what makes actually like a great coach, a great teacher mm-hmm. is knowing and like being humble. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't stress it enough. Working on your shadow self is so important because you want to make sure that what you're passing on to others is not coming from a place of lack or a, pra- a place of wound. You want it to come from a very neutral standpoint where it comes from wisdom and genuinely wanting to help someone. And I think that's why it's very important. And I was having this conversation last night with a friend of mine, and uh, he was asking me, he's like, you know, how do you check in with your shadow? Like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, how do you handle your triggers? And I'm like, wow, you know, I could sit here and talk about that for hours because there's so many ways. There's not a cookie cutter version to things. There's not a system that one can do that's all inclusive. Everybody's so different. But I know that for me personally, observing my shadow is about allowing myself, my inner child, to feel that emotion and then release that emotion and observe it and see, okay, what is it trying to teach me? Because if it's coming up, it's because there's something there. There's a discomfort. There's something that is trying to teach me. And oftentimes it's just wanting to be addressed, to be looked at, to be loved. And then it's gone and you can move on with life. And I think that mindfulness there is what makes the difference for me personally mm-hmm. and in the work that you know, I, I do. 
yeah i think that's beautiful you really take responsibility for everything mm -hmm. and i think in a moment you don't really feel like solving the problem first yeah. you maybe feel like a victim for a little bit mm -hmm. but and i think we're still gonna get triggered every time mm -hmm. but we just learn how to deal with it yeah um so uh like in a practical way what do you do do you just sit there and just feel whatever is happening and then uh, what are you doing then <laughs> so there's a there's a couple like there's a little bit of a system i do for myself personally I think it just kind of depends on the emotion and how strong the emotion because a lot of the times you're triggered but it's just very minute it's very small it's not as excessive as when you have like a deep level of trauma that's very mm -hmm. deep so for the mm -hmm. small ones usually what what I used to do in the past I'll start with that is when I what I used to do in the past is if I felt like crying or I felt this like overwhelming <clears throat> emotion come up, I wouldn't allow myself to feel it. I would literally hold back my tears and just suppress it. Mm. And I could feel it festering even more because mm. then it would turn to anger and frustration. Yeah. And that's yeah. been one of my biggest struggles here in this lifetime is the anger, the frustration and all of mm. that. And we'll get into that later. But what I mm. noticed is I, I shifted from caring what other people thought because that's another thing a lot of the times we don't feel our emotions as they come up because we're afraid of what we will look like in front of other people mm -hmm. and yeah. it's not to say that you're gonna burst out crying in a wedding right <laughs> um mm -hmm. but at the same time it's it's not to say that you can't go to the bathroom and have your moment and process that feel better and then come back to to the present moment and for mm -hmm. me when it's small, if I have to cry, I will cry. I don't care mm. what that looks like to someone else. If I have to process my emotions, and I think I've attracted people that are safe enough to do that with, to yeah. where they can hold this space without judgment. And then I just allow myself to feel it. And I ask myself these questions, okay, am I being triggered because the situation is similar? And it's bringing me back to the past or am i being triggered because it's actually happening and mm -hmm. it doesn't sit right with me because those are two different things and most yeah. of the time it's similar it's not the real thing mm -hmm. so okay if it's similar how what is it trying to teach me like where back in time did this situation go unnoticed to where i suppressed it mm -hmm. And I didn't think it was okay to feel or to, to be felt or to honor those emotions. Okay, where does this come back to? So I kind of just like ask myself all these questions. And then once I have it, once I, I'm able to pick up, oh, okay, well, this comes from when I was a child, I was abandoned. And this is why when someone gets close to me, I want to push them away because I'm afraid that they're going to abandon me. And I don't want to feel that because, ouch, that hurts. Yeah. But that's not what the person's doing. So that's mm -hmm. one of the systems. But when, when we are talking about deep, deep, deep trauma, that's a little bit harder because you can't just go from this to this in a matter of like 10 seconds. When it's a deeper emotion, it entails a, a sort of delicacy. And it's, it's a little more, and I've had this, I've personally had this experience and opening up I used to be terrified of men that drank. 
alcohol because I was in a, an abusive alcoholic relationship with mm -hmm. another person. And it was a relationship that really scarred and really hurt. And I remember when I, after I got out of that relationship and that dynamic, I went back into the dating world and I met people. And I remember my shadow self used to tell me if the person socializes, even if it's one time, if they drink one drink, we're done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not healthy because to be honest with you, that's not realistic. Not only mm -hmm. is it not realistic, but I'm not coming from a like a genuine place. I'm coming from a place of wound, judgment, mm -hmm. and you know, critique. It's not a place yeah. of being open or receptive. It's more of a mass, like a wounded masculine protective energy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. those, that's the perfect example of saying, okay, I found myself in this situation where I was extremely triggered by this person. And I'm like, okay, this person is clearly not the problem. Like I wanna, my shadow wants to project it to them. It wants to say, you're the problem, goodbye. Mm. Right, we're yeah. not doing this again. We're not doing it again. It's like red flag, red flag, right? <laughs> but it's yeah. not the person. The problem mm -hmm. is, okay, where did I not forgive myself for going through that experience? And where was I hurt so badly that I couldn't, let go of that why do i still feel like that was it because there's still healing and love that needs to be brought into my mm -hmm. body right into that side of me that was wounded and yeah. a lot of the times that that whole process even just bringing a little bit of awareness doesn't even mm -hmm. have to be like so crazy you get through it and that's the thing about mm -hmm. healing too is like healing's not linear at all like you half of the time you're going to feel great. And then the other half of the time you might cry and you might be upset. And I think the whole part of this shadow journey, this life journey is experiencing the full spectrum of all the emotions because it is when we deny them that then they get stuck in the shadow box. Like I like to tell people and then you don't know what's in the box. And when the box pops mm -hmm. open, you're out here taking it out on people unintentionally and this happens to all of us because i've obviously have done this and people have done it to me but i think the healthy thing is being mindful and those are just some systematic ways sometimes i'll journal too if i have the mm -hmm. space if i'm at home um you know that's something that's important to me because the more i do it the more i understand my inner dialogue and the more i understand that the more I'm able to say, okay, how can I reprogram that? How can I release this belief pattern or thought pattern where I was told I was like not good enough because of this, this, and that? Or mm. where my brain like captured that or thinks that every man's going to be, everyone that drinks, right? That's a subconscious mm. belief. Every man, because it was specifically men. Every mm. man that drinks or every man that drinks is abusive and they're a bad person. And it's a no, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where, where is that? Like, how can mm -hmm. I reprogram that? Because that's not the truth. And yeah. I think that's, that's hard sometimes to do when you're extremely triggered in the moment. Yeah, of course. But I think relationships are so interesting because mm -hmm. it's such a mirror. Mm -hmm. And we can really learn from it. And like you said, uh, sometimes you don't even see the red flags anymore. You just accept the situation. And you will fight for the relationship and 
one day you wake up and you think like, okay, I'm done with this. You yeah. Know? It's, it's yeah. so weird because I used to do that too. I was also in a really toxic relationship, I think for four years. Wow. And I also tried to have like an open relationship with him because I loved him so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the end, when I was out of the relationship, I realized like how good men are actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that I deserve so much more. Yeah. And yeah, especially when I was dating another guy again and he was actually the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And he was actually too kind for me. So yeah. that was also not really good. Actually, like you said, also with the masculine and feminine energy, it yeah. also has to be in balance. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to be in my masculine energy all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but the guy also has to respect me, of course. Of course. Um, and I also find it really funny uh, that um, you're, in your recent video, you actually talked about like your painting... Uh, the red flags white and <laughs> actually, that's actually the thing that I also did before yeah but now I realize like I deserve so much more yeah and yeah it's it's crazy how life works but yeah you just realize after yeah you know it's yeah. funny because that video <laughs> a lot of people are waiting for me to make a part two on like what the red flags are like what do you consider red flags and the whole point of that video was really based on a lot of the times when we like someone, it is our love. It is our idea of that person that enamors us and it kind of prohibits us because we're so attached. And that's why I'm a firm believer. It's really hard for you to get a bird's eye view or a higher perspective that's really neutral mm -hmm. on any situation when you're so emotionally invested mm -hmm. because you're yeah. you're seeing things from a place of love which is beautiful but then that's when we go and we paint those red flags we're painting white literally <laughs> like you see the you see the problems and and I always tell people those red flags because you know we're not going to call everything a red flag a red flag to me mm -hmm. would be commitment issues right like that's a huge mm -hmm. red flag or you know, like being dishonest or lying like that, you know, that would be red flags for me, like big red flags. But sometimes when we're in the beginning stage, we're like, oh, it's fine. But those are the red flags that later on do cause you to break and uh, break up because it, it doesn't work. And I remember mm -hmm. hearing this thing and I'll never forget it. And someone said, the the hardest relationship is actually the relationship that comes after the toxic one because mm. it's usually like let's say you have a healthy relationship after a toxic one there's so much you have to undo and so much mm -hmm. you have to heal through and you know i always tell people healing is the journey of a lifetime and life yeah. is what happens in between that so you can't prohibit yourself from going full force into the experience out of fear of not being healed enough because then you're not going to live life ever we're going to mm -hmm. be learning constantly even when we're 70 or 80 and then when we go in spirit form is only then when we've mastered a lot of lessons and not even not even because all the time I get these channelings from these higher beings, higher levels of consciousness that say yeah. we alert, we are learning vicariously through you as well. Mm -hmm. 
And I think yeah. that's so beautiful, right? Always a student, never a teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And do you also believe you can manifest your soulmate? I do. I, mm -hmm. I you know, I think soulmates are such a beautiful thing because soulmates are not just romantic. This is a soulmate relationship. Like I'm a mm -hmm. firm believer that the people that you meet in your life that you really connect to and you have like a deep, genuine, like heartfelt connection, that's soulmate energy. And you can have that with your dog, with your cat, with your parents. A lot of us are soulmates that come from the same soul family, the same tribe, from different lifetimes. And you know, it's funny because my friend and I were talking about this a couple of nights ago. And mm -hmm. she was like, it makes me sad to think that I won't know you guys in my next lifetime. And I mm -hmm. said, yeah, maybe you won't consciously remember it, but you'll, you'll know who I am because yeah. how did you find me in this lifetime again? Like mm -hmm. you just knew. And she was like, oh my God, you're right. And I'm like, it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thought though, because you might not remember everything, even though we always have access to these things, but mm -hmm. you'll always have that feeling of like, oh, I feel like I, I love this person. I know this person, like I mm -hmm. vibe with this person. And I'm a firm believer that everyone you meet in your path, whether karmic, soulmate, whatever it may be, is yeah. someone who was with you in, in, in a past life. And they're coming back again full force because either you guys have karma, things to work out, things to transmute, or things to learn from each other. So I'm a firm believer in that. But of course, then we have the beauty of finding the love of your life, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you would think that after so many, <laughs> I always tell people like after so many failed attempts on love, you'd think I'd given up by this point. But here I am helping people find love and being love and being so open and saying, you know, I think men are great. I think women are great. And I think that there are a lot of great people out there. It's just yeah. a matter of running into them when the time comes. There's just no forcing mm -hmm. it. And there's nothing that you're doing wrong, but there's nothing more beautiful than finding your person and your people yeah. that get you and that speak your same language. Yeah, for sure. And I think you also have to be in the right frequency yourself yeah. to attract the right guy mm -hmm. and also open to uh, receive things because I was also really struggling with that. I really like to give all the yes. time. And I really tried to, last year, I was really trying to learn how to receive also from yeah. guys because I was not really used to it. Yeah. And actually, I went on dates. I went on trips with guys and I thought, wow, I was not really used to that. And they mm -hmm. didn't even ask me anything back from it. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is really actually maybe uh, a really good lesson for me to train that. So, yeah, I was really happy about it. But did you find your soulmate now? or? <laughs> it's so funny well before i answer that i do want to touch on something that you said that i thought was super awesome and i think more women and especially women need to hear you know we all have masculine and feminine energy within us and it's regardless of gender but the masculine energy has a hard time receiving because yeah. it's usually there to give and i think as women because we live predominantly in a man's world, we yeah. have not been taught to receive. So similarly to you, that was a huge thing for me. Like I always mm -hmm. wanted to do things on my own. 
I didn't want any man paying for me. Why? Because I was afraid that they were going to hold it over my head. And I didn't realize that that was a wounded masculine energy. And I remember, and I'll never forget this, I went to this workshop and this amazing man shared this knowledge. And he said, if you're asking the universe for something, God, Mm-hmm. And you're so attached to how it needs to look. For example, I want money, but it needs to come through me. I, mm-hmm. I need to make it. But then there's people coming alongside you offering this business partnership. This person's donating mm-hmm. this. And you are not able to receive and you don't know how to receive. You're essentially mm-hmm. slapping the universe's or God's hands and saying no. Why? Because it's not the way I want it to look. And that yeah. is a form, not of disrespect, but it's a, an unconscious thought pattern, a shadow aspect mm-hmm. more so. And yeah. of course, there's balance to everything because there are people that take advantage of receiving so much. But then there's people like us who have had a hard time because we are the givers. So when mm-hmm. things are given to us, we're like, wait that's for me <laughs> like that's that's such an honor like that's such a beautiful thing and I think I've gotten better at receiving and just being grateful for someone and that that was very uncomfortable for me I was very mm-hmm. uncomfortable for me as yeah. well to mm-hmm. receive and I think that's you know a man not that a woman cannot provide for herself because we love that that's a beautiful thing but it's also a beautiful thing when a man says I know you can do it on your own but I want to help you and then the woman says okay yeah I I want your help I want to do it with you I think that's really Mm -hmm. beautiful because I've seen that a lot with my parents like you know their dynamic just works and they're both shifting right my mom sometimes is in her masculine she's doing my dad's like relaxing and then it like shifts so you see that kind Mm -hmm. of dance that polarity and i think that's what makes the best kind of relationships and even friendships or um, business partnerships as well Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and then to answer (laughs) your soulmate question um (laughs) you know i have not found my soulmate but you know what's crazy? I mm-hmm. think I am the most hopeful I've ever been. I mean, I just... Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. Right? Right? I think it's, it's that self-love and that embodiment. Mm-hmm. I, I read this thing a couple of days ago, and it was so beautiful, and it said, why is it hard for you to believe that good things are going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you don't have the person, or if you don't have the career just yet, you got to know that it's happening for you, that it's coming for you. Why? Because you're a good person and you came here for a good experience and that's what you're going to have. So I think that um, even after my last relationship, I learned so much mm-hmm. that I can't wait till I meet my person because I'm going to be even more ready and more aware and more yeah. set on who I am and what I want and what I don't want that it's going to be beautiful and i and i know that in a way i will know because you you just feel it you know mm. um yeah. but i I'm, I'm open to the experience um so the answer is no i have not um mm. but i think that we're we're getting there and i think that that's that's a mm. good thing you know you can feel that you can feel the energy you can feel the the hope there's a lot of hope there yeah i feel the same actually like uh, the last month I was so connected to myself again, and sometimes you lose it a little bit, and then it comes yeah. again. 
I really feel also really connected to my own love. So I really yeah. feel connected to my heart again and also my feminine energy. And I really mm -hmm. think like I'm also attracting more like masculine men. So yeah. that's also good. And I recently did a workshop for attracting your soulmates, I like, like a manifestation workshop. And I actually wrote a letter to my soulmates. I love that. And, yeah. And it's, I was so precise about the feeling that I will get. Mm -hmm. So I actually wrote a letter like it already happened. Mm -hmm. And I was really, uh, I was not about like, uh, he has to have a beard or he has to have, uh, he has to be so tall, whatever, it doesn't matter. It was really about uh, having the same values and the same beliefs. And yeah. uh, I feel safe and protected that he is, um, yeah. Um, able to provide also but also he also let me let me do my own stuff and that yeah. kind of stuff and also like he has to be a family man and i was really precise with it and also it was always like a trigger for me when i go out with a guy and he will not really show off with me and last year i dated some guys and they were not even i was not even their girlfriend but they st still show me off you know what does and show I, me off mean like I, i'm curious to to know that concept like, like, like show me off. Like, yeah yeah maybe i translate it really like a, a specific but it's like you go out with a guy and he's just showing you off like with a lot of people like yeah i'm with this girl you know I like I'm really that. Proud, you yes. know that kind of stuff yeah and yeah and this is what i need you know i was really realizing that last year i was really try to date more and also really like platonic too. Mm -hmm. And they were so happy that they can, yeah, just be with me and just, yeah, they were just proud of it. And that's actually what, what I need. So that I also realized that that's so important. Of yeah. course you want yeah. someone that's also proud of you. I mean, look at yeah. you, right? So you want to, that's the embodiment. Like you, I want to mm -hmm. admire the person I'm with and I want them to also you know, admire me in the best way possible as well. And, you know, it's so funny too, because I, I also heard this thing recently and I thought it was great advice. Mm -hmm. um, for example, for me right now, I am not actively looking for any sort of relationship. If it happens, mm -hmm. then it happens. And I, I really believe that's where I am at personally. Not that there's any issues with dating sites or anything. It's just, that's not where my energy is right now. But if I run into someone that's amazing and that I feel there's a connection and I want to explore that and I want to be there for the experience and flow with it, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it because that's what, that's what I want and that's what feels right for me. And I think the biggest thing is dating is important. Dating mm -hmm. is important because you learn so much and you get to meet people and you get to see different sides of yourself in other people. And you get to yeah. learn about what you want and what you don't want. And you get to live these beautiful experiences. And I think that that's a perspective I didn't have before. Before, I mm -hmm. almost needed to know. And mm -hmm. I was afraid. And I was really guarded. And of course, there's still that level of like guardedness because you do have to have boundaries. You have to like protect yourself in a way. But mm -hmm. it shifts from being hyper defensive to just observing and seeing mm -hmm. and allowing and not forcing. Mm -hmm. And 
that's a difference in shift because before it used to be like systematic and you know we love a man that knows what they want we love a man yeah. that comes after us and that makes it mm -hmm. very visibly known that they're there that they want to engage and we love that but then at the same time what i've learned recently is men actually like when you also tell them hey i want to see you today like Do you think we could hang out? Which that's another subject that we can get into later with the whole dating. But yeah, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, but some guys are also insecure sometimes. Mm -hmm. So um, I also did that recently. Um, I was trying to go on a dating app again, failed yeah. again, of course, because it's it's not really about uh, having a spiritual connection. It's, it's more not. about. So, but I was trying it. And uh, I actually asked him, can we go on a call together? Because then I immediate know, immediately know that it's going to work or not. So that's what I did and actually had a really nice phone call. It's not really my type of guy, but that's, that's what I realized. But at the same time, I just had a really good insight. Like, okay, I'm going to do that more mm -hmm. because uh, sometimes you don't really have a feeling about the guy. Yeah. And also another call I had also a couple of days ago, and it was, was actually really aligned with my beliefs. So sometimes you just don't know, and I'm really open for it. So, um, but now I really know what I want. So sometimes, um, you know, I'm, I have this picture in my head and sometimes it's a little bit different than I thought. So I really try to be open for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think you should be open. I think that's the best thing is like, for me personally, for the longest time, my Venus is in Virgo. So I am very meticulous when I do. Yeah, me too, actually. I'm really? <laughs> I love that. Yes. It's the first person I've met that has their Venus in Virgo. Actually, no, you're the second person I've met that has mm -hmm. Venus in Virgo. And, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a hard placement. And the reason why is because the way we love is through critique, like um, critiquing, but like constructive criticism. And mm -hmm. not everyone takes that very well. And not only mm -hmm. that, but we look at all the details, like very mm -hmm. detail oriented. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's very important for us to be with someone who checks this box and that box and this box and that box. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me. Um, one of the biggest things has been, I used to feel like the person needed to be, and this is my biggest lesson to this day. I mean, I, I, I tell myself, I'm like, I should write a book about this because that's how intense it was. But <laughs> I wanted a very spiritual person. And this is why I say, be very mindful of what you ask for and also mm -hmm. be very impeccable with what mm -hmm. you're saying because it manifests rather quickly super mm -hmm. fast actually and for me i was like they need to be spiritual like i want i want to be in the spiritual world right and what ended up happening is i ended up manifesting a spiritual person but it became so spiritual and i never thought i would say that right mm -hmm. to where i feel like i lost the footing on this 3d reality i lost yeah. out on friends i lost out on experiences i lost out on actually grasping and like living in the moment and what that did it was a huge learning lesson for me to strike balance because that's important yeah. 
And now I look at things, now in dating, I look at things so differently. It's like before I used to say, if they're not spiritual, I don't even want to be near them. Like, ugh. And then now I'm like, okay, <laughs> way too spiritual to the point where they're so detached from everything is also not good because it's like, how are we going to have a relationship? How are we going to help each other? How, how is, is that whole dynamic going to work? How is the whole ego concept going to work? And I realize I'm like, no, I'm not looking for spiritual, like even though that's really important. Of course, I want someone that believes in a higher power, etc. I want someone that's very balanced mm -hmm. and that is aware. And like you said, is like accepts me for who I am. They're not going mm -hmm. to censor me. But at the same time, they're also not going to drown me because I think everything in excess is just not good <laughs> is what I tell people like everything in excess is not good whether it's yoga um you know eating whatever it is there's an unbalance there it's a no and I think that that's changed my perspective in dating because now I'm going into it saying okay I am a very spiritual person but I also consider myself very balanced at least now maybe mm -hmm. not back then and I realized that we came here to live a human experience. Thus, yep. I trust that I'm going to attract someone that's along those lines that's still going to enjoy, be spontaneous, and have fun mm -hmm. and enjoy the process as much as mm -hmm. they can. Yeah, I think also being conscious is even more important than mm -hmm. like spiritual because yeah. a lot of people think they are not spiritual or living in a spiritual way, but they actually are living like that. Yeah. You know? They're really conscious of everything. They're really speaking the truth to themselves and to others. Mm. And they really take responsibility. So I think that's also a way of being like spiritual. Mm -hmm. So, and it's really funny that you also said like, you have this really spiritual uh, relationship. I actually had the same experience <laughs> yeah. um, after my like toxic relationship. Yep. Um, I went into a guy that was like completely the opposite and he was really in his feminine energy and I was more in the masculine mm -hmm. and he was so like into manifesting and you know that's really good of course but he was never really taking the action for anything or responsibility he yeah. was just going with the flow and he was like a hippie guy and you know I still love him as a person and I really tried to have a relationship, a relationship with him, but in the end, it didn't really work out because I really need also a man who is in his masculine energy. Yeah, so that I drive. Feel, yeah. That's attractive. Yeah. Like we yeah. like a person <laughs> that's going to go after <laughs> their dreams. Like, yeah, like you can mm -hmm. manifest, there's a desire, but then it's followed mm -hmm. by that divine action and executing. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like, you know, that that's super huge. I mean, I want someone that's going to be alongside me, that's going to grow alongside me and support me and I support them and vice versa. And we just create this connection of, you know, effortless flow. And I think that's super important, too. So mm -hmm. I, I trust me mm -hmm. when I say I totally get it. I think that's mm -hmm. where this spiritual community becomes very unbalanced personally, because people get caught in this belief or this reality that like i don't do anything and then it just happens and it's like no um you you still there's still action that needs to be implemented god's not gonna come down and and do your essay for you like that's not the way it works you still have to have this balance 
of mm-hmm. honoring yourself and knowing your cycles while simultaneously at the same time taking that action, mm-hmm. taking that plunge and that leap of faith. And I think there's a lot of people that miss that and get very unbalanced too quickly. And for me personally, me being the person I am, I know that I need to have that balance for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, for me too, and also in a partner. So uh, that's what I also wrote in my letter that I find that's really important. (laughs) But but also with attracting money, you know, money is also energy. And I think a lot of people in the spiritual business are really afraid of, uh, earning a lot of money but i yeah. think it's really good actually to do that because you can do so many amazing stuff with it so yeah i think that's so crazy yeah that's true yeah. we were talking about this last night this is a huge mm-hmm. um this is actually a thing i had to work through myself because when i first started out doing readings i was actually not charging people at all but that's also because i started doing um close friends and my family and that to me was very sacred and mm. there was a huge uh perspective shift for me where i said okay i am not charging for my the service itself i'm charging for my time and my energy and that's a lot because i'm mm-hmm. sitting here helping someone i don't need to but i'm choosing to i'm choosing to you know, give them a lot of my energy, my wisdom, and where I feel like I could help them in a humble Mm. way and vice versa. You know, I appreciate people's time as well. I think time is the most important thing that you can give. You know, money is only valuable because it's tied to our time. We literally get paid by time because our Mm. energy is so important, our attention. That's really why currency is even important in the first place. So... Mm -hmm. That was a huge perspective shift and something I'm still working on, if I'm being very Mm -hmm. honest and humble, is knowing my self-worth as a person and also as a yoga teacher or whatever you want to categorize me as. And Mm -hmm. being comfortable enough with saying, this is my worth, this is who I am, and this is is where I can help you. These are where my specialties lie. And whoever is in vibrational alignment with that will come because i think also clients and people that come to you for your services are also in vibrational alignment all the time so that's also something that you have to attract as well with within your own self-love and energy as well Mm -hmm. and do you have maybe some practical tips that uh, our listeners can do like um to attract more money I think it's also a part of receiving again. Yes. You have to learn how to receive. It's Um, about detaching as to how it needs to come. Because I think for me, I used to think it needs to come through yoga. And it did come through yoga a lot. And I taught a lot. And I loved it. But then after a while, life switched me and said, nope, we're going to go down the tarot and reading site. And I was like, oh, that's really uncomfortable. Like, I've never done that before right at least Mm -hmm. not in a massive scale and it's funny because when i started on tiktok i didn't start with yoga i actually started just talking about my spiritual experience what i've learned and how to help people navigate their own experience and like get in tune with themselves and that's Mm -hmm. actually what kicked off and then before i knew it my i had to like you know 
you know, mold myself to something else and not mold myself, but my business into something else. And that's the thing about entrepreneurship is like, you have to constantly evolve with what's happening around you. Like the only constant Mm -hmm. is change. So in this business, you got to be able to learn a high level skill, but be good at it and like walk Mm -hmm. your talk. And another thing for manifesting money really is embodiment is mm-hmm. you know I, my friends and i have this joke and it's become a huge thing now it's like i am a walking affirmation like i am mm-hmm. a walking affirmation i'm a vibe what does that mean is like i dress cute i'm like i am a walking affirmation like i deserve great things right and it's mm-hmm. silly but it's a great exercise to implement because it does boost your confidence and you attract these energies i, I always tell people the greatest investment that you can do is invest in yourself and even mm-hmm. if it's silly as doing your nails if that makes you feel powerful guess mm-hmm. what if that works for you then you need to do that you need to do yeah. that yeah. and i think the embodiment is what attracts alongside with mm-hmm. the hard work the discipline the dedication of course we're not taking away mm-hmm. from that but i think it's also knowing like if you're already working as hard as you are for example for me obviously the embodiment's going to come to as well and it's going to be a part of it because eventually you have to work hard but then you have to be like okay i already did it now i'm just going to let things run on their own or run their mm-hmm. course and i'm just going to mm-hmm. trust right so it's it's a little bit of a balance i think that's the number one advice is embodiment for sure embodiment yeah, yeah for sure and of course you have to take the action but i think yeah really feeling that trust is is really important and like mm-hmm. you said also in the body because i think a lot of people say yeah i will trust the process but they don't really feel it yeah that's yeah. true that's true and you also talk in your videos about uh hormones yeah and i think that's also really interesting um uh, i actually was curious what do you think about the birth control <laughs> um yeah there's a lot of opinions around that so i'm actually Mm -hmm. not on birth control that was actually a journey Mm -hmm. i tackled um back in 2021 i actually got off my birth control and nobody got me ready for what i was about to experience i don't think Mm -hmm. anybody like no men can ever understand this but when you get out of birth control after 10 11 plus years of being on it my body went crazy and when i say crazy i mean completely haywire acne um irregular periods uh pain depression i think the number one thing that this pill affected was my brain and Mm -hmm. my levels of calcium potassium magnesium which are the top levels to optimize your brain function and, and and be healthy And that's something that they don't teach us. So when I actually got out of my birth control, I felt like I went on a deep dive and I had to completely reprogram who I was because Mm -hmm. I'm a friend believer, birth control um, basically mutes that side of you that's more receptive. So you can call Mm -hmm. that the feminine energy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's made to be created so that you don't have to deal with it so that you can go, 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 go. And the thing about women is women are not designed to be men. They're designed to be women. 
Yeah. That doesn't mean that yeah. they don't work hard, but it means you can't compare yourself to a man because you'll never be a man. You're not supposed to be. You're mm-hmm. supposed to be a woman. That's the whole point. And I think that these pills were more created in a dynamic for, believe it or not, a, a male, <laughs> male mm-hmm. dynamic than it is for females. And it blocks. And there's a lot of books that talk about this. There's a, a really well-known doctor. I forgot her name, but we love her. And she wrote the book um, After the Pill. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how there are hormones that are blocked, receptors that are blocked when you're on birth control. So when you meet men, mm-hmm. you can't sniff out for real because there's a buffer yeah. there. Because, you know, women, I, I, for me personally, smell is a huge thing. I'm attracted to a person through their smell. Right? Obviously, they're physical. We're not going to lie here. <laughs> but the smell is important as well, right? The, the sweat, the, the skin, all of it, right? All the pheromones, I think it's what it's called, but all of it. Yeah. When you are on birth control, it blocks so many recept- like, uh, receptors in your brain that you are not actually able to smell as good as you would without it so what Mm -hmm. happens is and i've seen this time after time women begin to attract men that are not even remotely their type because they're Mm -hmm. not connected to that side there's no receptors so and i've seen this and she talks about this in the book and she explains it a lot better than i do i'm just giving you the the beat up version of it (laughs) and she basically says that a lot of women have come off birth controls They've gone through this whole process. A lot of them have had to heal their body from the inside out. She talks about how it takes literally three years to fully detox from birth control and how a lot of them later on break up with their significant other because they are no longer attracted to them, which up for debate because that could be for many different reasons, right? But a lot of them say it's just because they were not attracted to them. It's not because they were toxic or it just, it's just something happened. It just it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So my opinion is um, I do think it's a great contraceptive. I just don't think that it's worth all the risks that it comes with. And I yeah. think that that's something that women should weigh. And they have their own freedom and their own consciousness and their own intuition but for me, my experience was obviously necessary. I learned so much from it, but you know, I, I ended up having consequences and I did pay certain consequences for being on it for that long. And um, if I could, you know, even now I'm still detoxing from it and still uh, letting go of a lot of years of pent up things, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, because I also uh, was on a pill from when I was 15 until I was, I think, 22. And um, I also used to have boyfriends, so I thought it was really easy to be on a pill, you know. And Yeah. But actually, like you said, you feel really disconnected yeah. to yourself. And you mm-hmm. don't really realize that because also when you're going to... Um, yeah, uh, how do you say like um, a puberty? Yeah, you feel a lot, a lot of hormones, you know. Yeah, and when you take a pill, it's maybe a little bit more balanced. I don't know, but when you get out of your pu- uh, puberty, then 
you want to feel yourself again. Mm-hmm. And I was actually trying to go out, uh, out, yeah, to stop with the pill, and I actually did. And I actually had the opposite of you. Like I, I felt actually really good, like right away. Like a couple of weeks later, I thought like, wow. I, of course, we have like mood swings. Yeah, and not always perfect, but. When I get off the pill, I just realize, oh my God, I I am so much stronger than I thought I was mm-hmm. because I was more connected also to to my higher self or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But and also you will choose different partners, and that's also what I what I learned. Uh, but I still managed to uh, choose for a toxic partner. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a learning process. So yeah, and. Um, yeah, but it, it, I think being on a pill is it's not really good for your uh, for your well being. But uh, maybe if you're going to puberty, maybe it's good to balance your hormones just for the time being. But I think after that, you should just stop. Yeah, you know it's so funny because there's mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing about being on your period and your moon cycle, mm-hmm. and a lot yeah. of these pills prevent that. And yeah. There's so much wisdom that comes, and we've seen these through ages, through our ancestors mm-hmm. and traditions and cultures, mm-hmm. and going way back to Native Americans and their perspective and the way of living is like, you know, a woman's moon cycle is so important. It's the way they mm-hmm. receive, you know, wisdom. It's the way they honor their bodies. It's a time of rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always tell men, I'm like, you don't understand how difficult it is to have a period. And to go through the cramps. I mean, I wish they could experience a little bit the half of it. Half of them would not. They'd be like, oh, my God, you guys, like, work out like this? You guys go out there like this? Yep. Yep, exactly. So it is Mm -hmm. such an honor. And I think that's where I've learned um, the most uh, Mm -hmm. to recover. And I actually personally went through two miscarriages not long ago about a year and um you know it it was an experience that really was very hard but at the same time it was so transformational and i'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason and Mm. that things work out when they're supposed to with the person they're supposed to but at the same time i feel like i needed to go through that to really really understand or understand how powerful our bodies are and men are just as powerful right but the only experience i have is mine as a woman and to be able to carry a child to be able to carry that and have my body make that Mm -hmm. it's like it allowed me to connect to women to myself in a deeper level and I don't think that's something that anyone can just say right some some things have to be experienced in order for you to really get it and understand that and you know i regret nothing but it taught me so many things about birth control and recovery and learning about said things and how to balance yourself a little bit more so on and so forth so that was huge for me well that's uh well thank you for sharing that's that's horrible and actually my mother also got uh, like three miscarriages before she got me so that's like a horrible experience because you're really aware of what is growing inside of you. And then, yeah, it's 
I think it's it's a really like traumatic experience. And yeah, um, but it's only one year ago, you said. Yeah, so <laughs> I was actually um, so last year was a hard year. <laughs> last yeah. year was uh, um, I grew the most, though, honestly, mm -hmm. I think that's what has directed me now to working with women. And I just love helping people, period. It doesn't matter. But I love helping women because I feel like this is a lot more common, at least here in America, than we think. And I think a lot of women don't talk about it because they're ashamed mm -hmm. or there's a lot of sadness around it. And there is. But at the same time, I think that when you understand the concept of life, when you understand the things that you experience, um, you have the tools and you get over things. And even though it was a traumatic experience, I feel like it's made me to the woman I am today. And I don't, I don't regret anything at the end of the day. And I think that it's definitely going to take a strong man to, I always tell everyone to handle this. And last night I met this lovely woman and she told me, she said, I may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm someone's shot of whiskey. And I was oh, like, shit. we like that. We like that. Yeah, that's exactly that's cool. it. That's such a, an embodiment quote. It's like, I'm not. Um, yeah. and, it, and it does suck in the grand scheme of things. But I also think my experience was different. I was not with the right person. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, we, we were in a committed relationship for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it was just, you, you know, you know in your soul when it's really? right. Yeah. And yeah. it just wasn't. And last year was really intense. And I learned how to detox my body after having a miscarriage. And that was important mm -hmm. as well because there's just so much that's going on down there it's so important mm -hmm. so sacred and yeah just learning so much from it has been huge mm -hmm. yeah but i think also what you said about um yeah having a partner is that you don't have to lower your energy for other people mm -hmm. and i used to do that too also with friendships sometimes mm -hmm. that i felt sorry for someone or whatever yeah. and i And I felt I had such a good day and I was lowering my energy because I thought like, okay, maybe I'm too much, mm -hmm. but I'm just not doing that anymore because yeah, I'm just like this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, I learned yeah. to just be me and whoever, you know, can meet me there. Awesome. But you know, that's another thing. And it comes with time too, because you don't want to run off the bat. Like, especially like if we're talking dating, you don't want to go off the bat and just be crazy. Right. You don't want to scare people, but at the same time, as time goes on, trust is built and earned and you work through these things and you get to show more of yourself. And at the end of the day, you are who you are. And it's like, I want someone to fall in love with me. I want my friends to like me for who I really am when I'm with them, yeah. when I'm not with them, when I'm online, when I'm offline, I want to be authentic to that because having someone fall in love with a version of you that they created elsewhere is terrifying because then they're going to yeah. look at you and say wait you're not the person i thought you were right so mm -hmm. that has changed for me too because i used to be really reserved and really hidden and very low-key about what mm -hmm. i do about how spiritually inclined i am which we're all spiritual mm -hmm. right but i do this for a living that that's my path and yeah. it was scary to me because i was afraid of rejection and i'm like but wait a second I want to be with someone and I want to be around people that love me for who I am. And this yeah. is a huge part of my life. So yeah. the person doesn't have to nor accept it or agree with it. 
but they do have mm -hmm. to respect it and that's important and i think that's yeah. like the, the most important thing for me yeah that's so good so good to hear and for me it's the same i really embrace who i am and that's also what the podcast is about and embracing who you are mm -hmm. and just being unapologetically you and yeah in friendship in uh, relationships and i also feel more connected to women uh when i decided just to be myself yeah know? and yeah that i think that's so important and still people think i'm crazy sometimes when i uh talk about uh for example i was having a conversation about the anunnaki or whatever you know yeah i think i'm crazy like I we're don't. coming from aliens and but you know i don't care i just find it so interesting to research that and talk about it and you know and yeah i just don't really care anymore what people think yeah yeah no yeah. and that's a huge <laughs> thing i think that when you know yourself you're like okay like people call me crazy that's fine it doesn't mm -hmm. bother me why does it not bother mm -hmm. me is I know who I am <laughs> and I love who I am <laughs> and and you know that that's that right but I you know just know you're not crazy I, I believe in all of that as well I definitely think we're not the only ones in this galaxy in this realm in this yeah. dimension I think there's like multiverses we're multifaceted beings so to confine ourselves into one little thing is just to limit ourselves and yeah. I definitely think there's definitely higher dimensions and other beings that are here from other places to yeah, put it lightly yeah 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 that's another subject yeah but um yeah i would like to wrap it up for now but yeah. um you're welcome to come on the the second episode i really love to have you as a guest again I would maybe love we that. can talk about the anunnaki and that kind of stuff it's yeah also <laughs> i would love that i would love that that'd be awesome that'd be like another thing we could talk about like star seeds all of that oh, yeah. and the whole mm -hmm you know, um, alien species and, and all the things that they, all the channelings and all the things that come mm -hmm. from that as well. Let's do that. That's nice. And, uh, but before we go, uh, everybody who's interested in Paula's services, uh, you also do one-on-ones, right? Yes, correct. And you do also online and you can find her on paulamichelle.com. And also on her TikTok, Instagram, she has a lot of amazing content. And I will put also the links all in the description so everybody can look at it. And uh, but before we leave, uh, do you have some nice knowledge to share with the audience? You already said so much, but maybe some last words. <laughs> well, thank you so much, first of all, <laughs> for having me on the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing and I, and I love this and I genuinely want to thank your soul for it and for taking the time and for whoever is listening. Um, to the podcast and then I think the number one thing I can say is you know do not be afraid to live the experience and you know do things even if you're scared even if it's unknown even if it's uncertain just trust yourself take that leap of faith because a lot of the times the growth that is meant for you is literally right outside of that leap of faith that you need to take to take you to the next level beautiful well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you. And see everybody in the next episode.